I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Welcome back, Spectres. This is the Mass Effect Lorecast, and I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with my good buddy, Sam, and Seven the Legend. How's it going, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, so I was just uh, streaming another game, Raft. Don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't tried it out before, but it, 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 I saw part of your stream. It looked like it's it's a fun game. Yeah, very I'm... graphics, very similar to, um, to uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, it's got kind of that simplistic, stylized, almost cel-shaded kind of quality to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like very uh, cartoony. But man, I, speaking of Sea of Thieves, I actually played that with my son today. And man, that game, the graphics in that are just beautiful. It's just an amazing game. But um, but anyway, we're here to talk about Mass Effect, which for its time had some great graphics. And it was, you know, it's been a year now since Legendary Edition came came out. And they really re-upped those graphics a bit. But uh, that's not the, t- the topic today. Last time we were talking about a... Uh, a very interesting character, Admiral Stephen Hackett, and we have some more to discuss. This is going to be Admiral Stephen Hackett part two, because, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but Sam, you've got, you got some theories about this uh, close relationship he's got going with Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, last time when we left off the last episode, I realized after the fact that my tease for this episode last week insinuated that we were going to talk about a Hackett and Shepard romance. (laughs) It's hot. (laughs) Oh, fucking steamy. I mean, Uh, either if you're a male or female Shepard, I mean, in both cases, I don't look at, or at least if I'm role playing my character, I don't look at hack it as like mm, what a hottie i want to hook up with him you know uh, yeah eh. yeah every time he you know message coming in i just my the hair is on the back of my neck raised up yeah it's, it's all business it's all business with him <laughs> there's no pleasure <laughs> yeah it's like 50 shades of Hackett, right um ew <laughs> <laughs> oh god no um so that wasn't my intention and uh but i guess we can work it in at some point i don't know i guess Uh, you know real quick i think there probably are some people out there that are really into the grizzled old guy ultra serious thing because they feel like i can crack that nut he's he's got the clint eastwood look yeah Yeah, a bit of that yeah yeah Yeah. uh but you know it's not my thing i guess not my thing yeah, I'm, I'm recoiling at the notion uh, personally, but we'll, we'll try. We'll try to get there. Um, but no, no. What, what I was going to say uh, about Hackett and his oddly close working relationship, working relationship with Shepard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a bit odd how close Hackett works with Shepard, considering how they're not really in the same command structure. I mean, the 63rd Scout Flotilla, which is what the Normandy is part of, that does fall under the Fifth Fleet, right? Um, But it's not like, with Shepard being a Spectre, it's not like Hackett's his boss, per se. Right, yeah. Or her boss, or their boss. Their their boss, Um, sure. While I'd be willing to say that Hackett is just using Shepard to get errands done for him, it seems like Hackett cares more about Shepard than that, um, than just 
you know, having an errand, uh, errand specter. Um, yeah. Or somebody who's easy to bring in. That's going to solve the problem. Somebody, you know how it is in any business, the command structure of the business is secondary to when you learn the personalities and who to go to for what, right? Like, yeah, it's not like you stick to that command structure all the time. You're like, Oh, this guy in accounting is the one to go to because he's going to get my, you know, request done faster or, whatever um you kind of learn that and maybe there's a little bit of that going on but i see you seem to be saying there's a little bit more beyond that yeah definitely um because if that were the case you know uh hackett had multiple opportunities to leave shepherd out to dry uh if it was just that shepherd was a errand specter um <laughs> my errand specter right uh, this is my errand specter if that was the case i you am know, aaron errand specter uh, your errand specter aaron <laughs> A Aaron, the A Aaron Specter. Aaron, 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 E R I N A A R O N. That's the first and last name. Your Aaron Specter. Aaron, the Aaron Specter. Um, I'm going to inspect your air. <laughs> your Aaron, Aaron, your Aaron Specter here to inspect your air. Perhaps with that first theory we were talking about, Hackett wants to be in Specter, Aaron. Oh God, maybe <laughs> potentially uh no we're gonna backpedal away from that one as fast as we can and uh because i i was going somewhere with that point um if 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 hackett really didn't care hackett about it was coming from somewhere also oh no no <laughs> you're going so he's going oh man no entendres <laughs> all right moving on if if hackett didn't uh care for shepherd very much then there were opportunities for Hackett to leave them out to dry. Shepard comes back from the dead, right? And is seemingly working with the elusive man, e.g. Cerberus, uh, who, yeah. as far as the Alliance knows, at this point is really nothing but a terrorist organization who was siphoning Alliance funds. That's as far as Hackett and the Alliance would know. Um, Mm-hmm. And they would think, well, this is also the terrorist organization that was experimenting on some of our soldiers and had killed an admiral, Admiral Kahoku. So this is like not a good crowd to run with. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see that he would have some issues with that. Right. <laughs> and then to hear that your specter and your golden poster child for, you know, what humanity's military should aspire to be. Mm hmm comes back and is working with Cerberus now, like, holy crap. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. a side note real quick. And I know I've done a lot of side notes already, so I'll try to try to limit this. I did share a post on Twitter earlier of the elusive man, um, like the little, uh, model that you can buy. It's really high quality. It looks amazing. But then I also noticed for the first time, I actually paid attention to the chair he's sitting in. Do you know what the chair is that he's sitting in when he's in front of the big window with the space stuff in the background the bright lights and stuff and he's sitting in his chair he's always he's always kind of reclined and got his you know cigarette or whatever um yeah that is the most uncomfortable looking chair you would think with somebody with as much money and influence as him you get a more comfy chair you just look that thing looks terrible yeah it does not look ergonomic whatsoever not at all anyway that's my side note but go on <laughs> no i noticed that it's it's i think they put him in a very pragmatic chair for a reason um Right. It was like a reflection of his personality, right? Right. Uh, right. But he he sits in it a lot. 
but it's such a contrast because he's, he's got the, you know, the expensive looking uh, glass of, of bourbon mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. scotch. I forget which one it was that he drinks. Um, and then he's got the uh, cigarette um, and he's got a very nice pristine suit. Yes. And um, then he's in a very rigid looking chair that nobody would ever want to sit in for more than five minutes. Right. Maybe because he's a rigid person. Maybe he's just got um, a hard ass. He is a hard ass. Well, there you go. That's the, that's the solution. You are right what there. you sit in. You are. That's that's what we know. What am I? I don't. I'm like, I've got one of those like mesh seats. I'm I'm a uh, I'm a mesh. I'm a <laughs> I'm a, a mid tier quality gaming chair is what I am. Uh, cool. That's <laughs> all right. Very, very we, cool. We we drove um, this off the side of the cliff enough. Let's uh let's go back to what, right. what we were talking about. So hack it. Um, Hackett would basically just see that this is uh, not a very good scenario. And uh, why would we're learning that Hackett cares more about Shepard because if, if Shepard was just the Aaron specter, uh, then why would Hackett put up with this? Why would Hackett put up with, with Shepard coming back from the dead and being, uh, you know, working with the terrorist organization that killed an admiral, experimented on soldiers, siphoned Alliance funds. It just doesn't make sense, right? You would really have to care about someone. See, yeah, you're saying that he kind of gives him the benefit of the doubt. He gives him second, third chances. He's, he's, he seems to be a little bit more patient with Shepard than he would be with anybody else that he works with, being as he's such a just get things done kind of guy. Well, it goes one step further than that. I think Um, we also know from the conversation that Hackett gives us in mass effect three, that he never trusted or liked the elusive man or Cerberus Mm -hmm. even before the events of mass effect one. So given the email correspondence that we find in the shadow brokers dossier file for Hackett, we can assume that Hackett was protecting Shepard for more than just to preserve you know, an errand or poster child. Uh, Here's that email that I was talking about. Uh, What voice? Who's this by? This is from Major Caleb Antonella to Admiral Stephen Hack. What what does Major Caleb sound like? I'm imagining just, you know, like a no-nonsense intel guy. I think Caleb, everybody I've known with the name Caleb is from the South. It's a very (laughs) Southern, it's like kind of a biblical name. Like, so like a Southern gentleman? That, there, yeah, sure. Is, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Why not? Southern gentleman. Yeah. You want to you want to go the and give this uh email, this dramatic email <laughs> I was, reading I was a try of you the, would. the Southern gentleman. <laughs> you were yeah, you want to do it? I'm I'm good on the Southern gentleman, but I, I trust in your capabilities. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> All right, I need to blow this up a little bit. This is small on my screen. Yeah. Oh crap, yeah, I stretched small. it out. I made it look super dumb. Um oh man. Yeah, it's like tabbed over. I don't know that I can actually. Oh, God, I'm destroying this. I think I just deleted it. Okay, it's back. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Can you, you, why don't you go ahead and read it? Yeah, I can, I can go ahead and stretch I think I'm it out. Messing uh, it up. Yeah. Yeah, one second. <laughs> this, our, we use Google Docs for our show notes. See, it like goes off the side, and we, you have to like unjustify it with the page, probably. Yeah. Uh, so where just, like, is slide it over? Yeah, we don't know. We don't. This is uh no image I don't options. See the text wrap. Image uh, options. Text wrap. Here we go. Behind. There go. Stand in front of. Oh well. Here. This will be moved. In front over. of is fine. I can see it now. Yeah. There we go. It's big enough to read. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can do his voice now. Here we go. Um, sir. 
We've conf- I can't. I'm trying to channel Kevin Spacey, which is a terrible reference. Uh, in um, what was that TV show? Um, we've conf- we've confirmed sightings of. I can't do it. I can't do the voice. I could do. I can do Southern. Um, uh, sir, we've confirmed sightings of Commander Shepard on Omega. <laughs> This is like very syrupy (laughs) and that the commander is now working for the terrestrial or uh, sorry, terrorist organization Cerberus. Several alliance officers have let it be known that they consider it crucial that we interrogate, interrogate (laughs) humanity's first spectre and his or her apparent dissertation of the alliance in the Citadel. If we bring Shepard in now, we can gather an account from the commander's past two years without being pressured by the galactic media to leak potentially sensitive data. In light of this, I'm officially requesting that you rescind your orders against Alliance contact with Shepard. Rest assured, our department is dedicated to the commander's safety, provided that the Shepard... The shepherd is, I added the in, is in cooperation, cooperative in furnishing with a, a detailed report of his or her previous whereabouts and current work for Cerberus. We anticipate releasing him or her from Alliance custody no later than five to seven months from acquisition. Respectfully awaiting your reply, Major Antella. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like it? They're getting and, a lot of responses in the live chat. And so here's here's the reply from Admiral Hackett. The reply is even better. It's it's just Major Antonella. Request denied. Hackett. <laughs> right. Yeah, no nonsense. So yeah, that sounds just so like there, it. So there's the there's the reply. Uh basically the major wanted to go in and interrogate Shepard for, you know, however many months. Uh and Hackett said nope. Yeah, <laughs> it no, was just like no, no. respectfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> hack it, uh, hack it out. Uh, so the clear protocol here would be to allow alliance forces to bring Shepard in for interrogation. But either Hackett knows something that no, that they don't, or Hackett personally trusts Shepard, or he's really more cunning and patient than we thought. And Hackett thinks it's best to monitor from afar without giving away their presence. That's another possibility. Yeah, that's true. He might be playing it kind of close to the chest, just being cautious. Right. Because if you if you give away your hand too quickly with someone that you're monitoring, they may go shields up and yeah. you're not going to learn as much as you otherwise would have. Well, and somebody who, who is or was a specter and has a lot of potential influence that you may not even be aware of might be harder to take on than you anticipate. So you're probably going to be a little bit careful if you are going to act against them or in ways that make them realize you're kind of onto them a little bit if they have something to hide, which he may not know he does or doesn't have, you know, definitely. Um, And, you know, regardless, I don't think Hackett would stick his neck out for just any Alliance officer in this way, uh, just to protect them from an internal affairs investigation. No, that's, that's you know, likely. Yeah. At this point, Hackett's the, the top of the Alliance military. You know what I mean? Hackett at this point is a politician. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Hackett's credibility is on the line here, especially if internal affairs turns us around and says, we need to investigate Hackett. Right. 
Right. Which he could totally get called possible. on for not doing something in this situation. Totally possible. Totally possible that that Hackett could uh, fall under the ire of internal affairs after something like this. Uh, but that's not what happens. And, you know, there's another reason why I say why I go on this this tirade about um, what if, uh, you know, there are these things that that happen where Hackett sticks his neck out for Shepard more than any person would for any normal coworker. Sure. Right. Um, You're saying, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. He's treating him differently than other people. Yeah. Shepard's getting special treatment and not just because Shepard's the main character. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, When Shepard destroys the alpha relay to delay the Reapers invasion and in the process kills an entire Batarian colony, Hackett asks what happened but is pretty quickly convinced by Shepard's account saying, well, you know, if it were up to me, I'd be giving you a goddamn medal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? You know? Yeah. So there's a certain level of affinity and respect required, I think, to be able to so easily trust Shepard's narrative and excuse what seems to be a war crime of massive proportions that could lead to another war in the scalian verge right but judging from their backgrounds and i guess there's a few different options with that um it would it seems like it would make sense why hackett would side with shepherd like uh, uh, and this kind of connects to this i've had this happen with people who are in i don't know superior positions to me or whatever that they just have a sense of like you're my guy you do things the way i would do them and so i'm gonna give you a little bit of the you know Whatever. I'm going to side with you a little bit for this. I just kind of feel like we've got that connection. I don't know. Right. Giving someone autonomy because they have that credibility. Right. Like if I were in your shoes, I probably would have made that decision too. I get you. We've got kind of this thing going where we just get each other because we, I can tell we're the same type of person, you know, there's there's that potential too. But that like that requires a certain level of years of rapport, right? Maybe. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes sometimes that comes faster. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, that kind of comment makes me lean more towards that as an option. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to just give him the, you know, a pass on everything at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like, you, right. You still aren't going to throw your own job out of the, out the window by just saying like, nah, I totally trust this guy. even though I don't know him very well. Yeah, Hackett didn't go from enlisted personnel to top of the military by by being a patsy, you know, right. by being a fall guy, um, by, by making unlike justified decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, judging from their backgrounds, I think it would make sense why Hackett might side with Shepard, especially if you chose the Earthborn or colonist background for your shepherd if you did that then your shepherd has started from dire straits and has made a name for themselves uh surviving some seriously seriously dark times so that sets the stage for some shared experiences and empathy right there um because as we covered last week uh hackett lost his mother in uh 21 uh, i forget the year uh but hackett was 12 years old right during a pandemic lost his mother uh seriously traumatic times from from the get-go and that was his only parent so then hackett is orphaned at a very young age and then um goes into military service six years after the fact uh so some shared trauma right there 
And I think people relate to other people who have gone through the same kind of really traumatic events. There's a bond that's formed. Yeah. Uh, even if you weren't there at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just because I think when you go through really hard things, it isolates you from the general populace. Like if you, if you went through a horrific car accident and you broke your neck and you recovered, you are part of a very small percentage of the populace that has endured that, that has had to go through that pain that has then uh, recovered from that. And so when you meet someone else that, that, you know, maybe has gone through that, there's a certain wavelength that you will be able to identify on that, that, that everyone else can't. Right. And, uh, it's, it's, it's bringing back to this, uh, feeling of maybe belonging. I think I'm not quite sure, but you similar, get alienated. Similar backgrounds and, and shared trauma definitely bring people together. Yeah. You get, you get alienated from by trauma. You get alienated from the general populace who has not gone through that trauma. Mm -hmm. And then when you meet someone who has gone through the same thing, um, I think there's a certain level of, you know, uh, you know, we're the same. We understand each Uh, other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in mass effect one Hackett shows remarkable trust in Shepard's judgment when sovereign attacks the Citadel. Um, and I'm saying this because the, the reason why it's up to Shepard, whether humanity saves the council or holds the fleets back to focus on sovereign, uh, the only reason why that is Shepard's choice is because Hackett gives it up. Hackett mm-hmm. gave them that choice. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a game that's, you know, so this is fourth wall breaking, um, but, and they're going to give that player that choice, right? right. You're going to give the player the choice. Right. You would expect that to become the player's choice at some point anyway, but this is their justification of why it happened. Right. But if we're talking within the bounds of the narrative, then yeah, it was not Shepard's authority to make that call. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been Hackett's. Uh, after this battle, though, Hackett is promoted to his top admiral role at the top of the Alliance military. So there's an argument to be made there that, Hackett trusted Shepard to make the right call with the boots on the ground kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I can see that oftentimes in positions of leadership, you want to rely on other people around you who have more experience in specific types of things. And by the end of Mass Effect 1, who has greater experience with what just happened than Shepard? Right. Uh, I also think that Hackett's background as an enlisted personnel has something to do with this because from what I've gathered, having been, having worked around uh, service members, having worked around the military for so long, the people who were prior enlisted and then went on to be officers, they understand what the boot, what the, the value, they intrinsically understand the value of the perspective of the boots on the ground. Yeah. The people who are there, right. The people, the enlisted folk. Right. Um, and I think they make better officers, honestly, from what I've seen. Um, And Hackett is one of these people and Hackett um, Hackett understands the value of the boots on the ground. And Shepard is the, the grounds eye view of what's going on. So, so Hackett relinquishes that call to Shepard in a remarkable, remarkable way. And Shepard makes the call, whatever you choose, Shepard makes that call. And the, the outcome of that call leads Hackett to being promoted to the top of the military. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting point. The same thing happens in business, you know, uh, managers who have done the roles be- below them, below them, quote unquote, um, and understand what that actually takes to do 
are better managers because they respect the boots on the ground perspective rather than management who's just kind of ended up in roles and they don't really understand what it's like to be doing the groundwork level stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get that. Well, what do you say we take a mid break? And I know you've got more, more details here cause I feel like this is going somewhere. So, uh, we'll go thank our patrons and we'll be right back. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and express VPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being so freaking awesome. You guys are you guys are insane. Uh, we have uh, I see four new patrons. I know uh, you, you counted five, but I see four right now um, that we need to call out for signing up. Uh, Whittier Frog, Kira C, Kolka Shins, and Cyclops eighty eight. Thank you for for joining us. And this includes two of you who are now tier five Shepherd level patrons who get calls out every week and we're just going to go down the list here Kalika Shins is now on that list Captain Shanko Kira C Larry Lieutenant Tosina Tosino uh Pipeman Studios and William thank you for being here and supporting us every every week and for being our top or top tier tier five we don't have a tier six patron yet but maybe one day that'll happen tier five uh shepherd patrons that brings us up to a total of 52 current patrons and um we appreciate you guys thank you so much if this show is helping you get through your work day it's helping you enjoy the games more it's helping you do your workouts and just drive to work or anything at all then we'd love it if you go to patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast check out the different tiers maybe you want ad free episodes maybe you want a t-shirt and the t-shirts are pretty freaking cool looking everybody wears them whenever we do our, our patron chats and um captain lyle chat says i got my t-shirt the other day well thank you captain lyle that's awesome that's i love seeing pictures when people get them and get to show them off because i don't have one but uh Thank you to everybody. Also, uh, we would do reviews, but we're going to save that for the second episode this week. So stay tuned for that in a little bit. Any other any other words or thoughts, Sam? Uh, you know, I think I, I'll save mine for the next one when we talk about the reviews. All right. Sounds good. Let's get back to the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. So... We were talking and uh, you're painting this picture that Hackett identifies with Shepard on kind of a closer and a closer, more 
interesting way than just the average enlisted person. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think so. Um, there's more to the similarities between them than just what we've mentioned. Hackett is also tasked with some of the hardest choices from the Reaper war, not just Shepard. Shepard's not the only one making tough calls. Um, we learn from Hackett that after the Reapers Blitzkrieg Arcturus station and they catch humanity by total surprise, he makes the impossibly tough call to sacrifice the second fleet to allow the third fleet and the fifth fleet to escape. I mean, imagine an, sacrificing an entire fleet yeah. to allowing two yeah. to, to get out of there. Well, it, it may have been one of those situations where it was either lose some or lose all. So you're going to lose some so that you can keep others safe. And definitely that's never an easy call. I mean, okay, okay second fleet, you're up. You guys are going to have to take this one for the rest of us to survive. Like that's it that was such hard. A, it was such a grand scale that Hackett tells us this meant that he presided over the worst military defeat in human history. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, nominally, that's certainly true. And it seems to weigh on him. Nevertheless, he doesn't really let it stand in the way of what needs to be done, though. Um, after his decorated career, I'd venture, I'd venture to guess that this isn't the first tough call he's had to make. Uh, and he's watched as Shepard has made some really tough, really tough choices that are similarly devastating to their psyche. Uh, Hackett has the empathy for the burden of command, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know a better way to put that beyond, you know, command has its own responsibility and has its own perks. Um, but at the end of the day, those people's lives are on your hands. Yeah. Every time you make a decision and somebody else's life is has to be sacrificed that's going to weigh on you and yeah i I totally get that yeah if you're a good person i guess if If, you're not a good person (laughs) if you're empathetic yeah if you're not a psychopath sure yeah which i don't think hackett or shepherd are psychopaths no no not at all um but if and that's interesting part right and we were talking about if you chose the earthborn or colonist backgrounds but if you chose the spacer background here's where things get really spicy right okay Okay. just bear with me here Uh, spicy spacers here we go for the spacer background both of your parents are lifelong service members right we know this shepherd spends most of their life aboard starships we also know this for the spacer background you also have contact with your mom hannah shepherd throughout the three games but we don't have any contact with dad Mm -hmm. at all right um, which which leads us to believe either he's going 100 out of the picture for some reason or not alive anymore but right well, we don't really we know have, right there's no explanation there's no explanation on what happened to dad he could be dead he could have been killed in action or maybe he abandoned you maybe he's just a deadbeat and disappeared and never to be heard from again sure right right so regardless he's out of the picture maybe he abandoned uh shepherd or maybe not um don't you think it's a little odd how Hackett takes a shepherd mm-hmm. right away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hackett and Hannah Shepard did serve probably on some of the same ships at the same time. Okay. Hackett seems to have good tabs on Hannah Shepard too at all times, uh, given basically what, you learn about Hannah Shepard if you're playing a spacer ship. As far as I know, Hackett also doesn't have a family. 
Hackett never mentions any wife or kids. Right. right. It feels like he's married to his job. And by Mass Effect 2, Hackett is 52 years old without a family or kids. Right. You're telling me that Hackett was celibate? Or or just non-committal. Right. Right. (laughs) Right, Maybe maybe not celibate, maybe non-committal. Even still, he'd have to have been, uh, Hackett would have to have been Hannah's commanding officer at some point. Uh, Meaning that there was probably some fraternization that could have occurred. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah. If there was the fraternization that occurred, there's all the more reason to keep it hush hush. Right. Yeah. I mean, somebody in his position doesn't want to be called out for uh, getting a, somebody underneath their command pregnant. And then all of the, the details with that. So, they might want to keep it hush hush or maybe they they did it knowingly but they realized that they couldn't have a long-term relationship and so therefore they just decided to keep it quiet you know there, there could be a lot of reasons why you wouldn't right. want to reveal your personal life especially as being such a high commanding kind of person with a you know uh, this is one of the other things i know from from friends of mine that have been in the military especially when you're an officer you have to follow a certain code of morality and you yes. can get called out on that. If yes. you are doing things against that code, you can like that can absolutely end your career. Yeah. Actions on becoming of an officer. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a thing. Having uh, having a child out of wedlock with a subordinate of yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> even <laughs> if they wanted that, no-no. even if that was like some uh, something they both agreed on, you know, like she wanted to have a child. She wanted it to be his. But they both agreed that, like, listen, we're not going to do the whole marriage thing. We're not going to stay together forever, but I'll, I'll be there to support as best I can. You right. know, <laughs> like that could be a legitimate or illegitimate form of, you know, how that and goes. By the way, sure. That, that doesn't mean that people who serve together never get married. That's not true. They, sure. they do get married, but when they do get married, they tell their command about it and then they, they no longer work in the same sphere. Right. It has ramifications. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if they were working in the same sphere and they were aboard that starship for a long, you know, deployment, uh, and uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So do you, yeah. so, okay. What are your final thoughts on Hackett then? You want to kind of sum this all up? Sure. Uh, you know, there's some there's some doubt there about uh, Hackett perhaps being Shepard's dad, uh, and it would it would make a lot of sense, right? You know, um, it would make a lot of sense uh, given just how much Hackett cares, just how much Hackett keeps tabs, just how much Hackett does this, this, and this, and this, and the way that Hackett talks to Shepard. Um, but Gives like him the I benefit said, of the doubt. Yeah. Right. But like I said, both he and Shepard have gone through some trials by fire uh, and they came out the other side better for it. Uh, actually, Hackett, Anderson and Shepard have all became better leaders because of the hard shit they endured. And that's what Hackett sees in Shepard, I think. Uh, something that he says in Mass Effect 3, which just really encapsulates Hackett to a T, in my opinion, is uh, Shepard. Let me tell you something that I've learned the hard way. You can pay a soldier to fire a gun. You can pay him to charge and charge the enemy and take a hill, but you can't pay him to believe. Mm -hmm. That's that is so hackett. 
you know, uh, Hackett is, of course, saying this in response to Shepard, who asks, why me? Why are you placing so much faith in me? Why am I leading this? Why am I the tip of the spear for the Reaper War? Right. Uh, and Shepman Hackett basically says, because your crew believes in you. You know, you, you brought people from across the galaxy and you made them believe enough to follow you through the gates of hell, uh, through that Omega four relay to certain death. Yeah. Uh, and you came out, you know, you survived it. Yeah. Uh, but, but people dropped what they were doing to just follow you into hell. Uh, a sign of a real leader, somebody right. who inspires others, inspires you can't, belief. Yeah. You can't pay people for that. Right. You just can't. Right. Um, so that is, uh, that is a really great line, uh, that Hackett says. And, um, you know, beyond that, uh, Hackett is rugged. He's steadfast, uh, and he's unwavering. He's really anything that you could remember hearing in a Chevy commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an old Chevy. (laughs) He's rugged. He's steadfast. He's unwavering. He'll get you there. At 15 miles per gallon, but he'll get you there. He's Chevy. <laughs> He's heck. Um, gas prices right now, that's not very appealing, but okay. No, no. But if, if Hackett were a car, he would totally be a Chevy Silverado. Absolutely. Yeah. An old yeah. one with some rust around the edges, but like definitely it keeps on running anyway. Yeah. He's gone through hell and back somehow. He's still going. Right. Right. Yeah. Good old, uh, good old thing. Just always starts up. I don't know. I haven't, haven't given any maintenance in years, but it still works. I'm going to start calling Hackett Rust Bucket. Rust, good old Rust Bucket Hackett. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be his nickname in the military, Rust Bucket. Yeah. Like, old yeah. Old Rust Bucket. Old Rust Bucket. Yeah. He's pragmatic, though, and he's patient, uh, but he's firm. Even though he's patient, he's firm in his moral compass. Uh, and it seems he's got this gentleness about him that it's like, like, I don't have kids, but if I did, I feel good about leaving my children with him. You know what I mean? Like, like he's rugged and he's got that grizzled veteran look, but he's responsible and Uh he's like, he's got that gentleness that he's like, he's kind of a teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in inside them. Yeah. I bet he'd be an amazing grandpa. You know. Oh, totally, totally. He's also the first one who's going to teach you to shoot a gun. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And teach you how to kill someone with like your pinky finger or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, this is this is how you flay a fish, kid. Here's a knife. Whoa! That's the biggest knife I've ever seen, Grandpa. I'm only seven. Doesn't matter. It's time to time to flay a fish. Here we go. We caught About it. Time you learn. We caught it. We killed it. We got to prepare. Let's do this. Yeah. And here's how you fillet a Turian. <laughs> By the way, learned this one in the wait, first contact we war. Eat, we eat Turians. Oh man, uh, I bet he he probably wasn't above it during the first contact war. I bet they taste like chicken. Yeah, yeah. He apparently did some really impressive shit during the first contact war too. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe he did eat a Turian. Maybe really uh, tough chicken, but still chicken. He's a grandpa who can devise a million ways to kill you and exit the room unscathed if he wanted. (laughs) He's just John Wick. (laughs) He's John Wick grandpa version. Yeah, he's grandpa John Wick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, while we're on the topic of his personality, uh, I think this clip of Hackett's when he delivers the final speech to the fleets in Mass Effect 3, I think it says more about him than we could ever say. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, we got this clip and we're going to play it. Um, oh, let's do in the ad here. Let me get through the ad real quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stupid um, YouTube with your ads. Basically it, it, to paint a picture for people, this is when Hackett boards the Normandy in Mass Effect three. And so this is the first time that we see Hackett in person. I think uh, actually, you know, no, it's not. Um, it's the second time we see Hackett in person. First time. If you did not play the arrival DLC, uh, ah. but this is the second time. All right, here we go. We're pulling it up. So there's a lot of weight. Commander? Admiral? Are you ready to bring the might of the galaxy to bear on the Reapers? Yes, sir. Then let's make sure the fleets are ready. All fleets reporting in, sir. Never before have so many come together from all quarters of the galaxy. But never before have we faced an enemy such as this. The Reapers will show us no mercy. We must give them no quarter. They will terrorize our populations. We must stand fast in the face of that terror. They will advance until our last city falls. But we will not fall. Each of us will be defined by our actions in the coming battle. Stand fast. Stand strong. Stand together. Hack it out. Hack it out. It was so beautiful. Hack it out. It was so beautiful. That's a fucking Chevy commercial oh, and a half man. if I ever heard one right. Like a rock. <laughs> yeah, Bob Seeger. I got that joke from. We're chat. Just I have to give chat going for that. against the yeah, wind. Yeah, <laughs> President Queso and uh, Captain Lyle, <laughs> Bob Seeger in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. And you know, not only did that encapsulate the the whole rugged and tough Chevy commercial thing that I've been joking about, but it also is reminiscent of some of those old Star Trek uh, episodes. I think right, the ones that mm-hmm. are like you know we're all in this together. It's about all of us. That yeah, kind of- yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely about bringing the crew together and the crew together is greater than the sum of all its parts and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, none of us is better than any of us, but all of us are stronger together. Mm-hmm. Um, and considering how much Hackett has been through and he still doesn't become pro-human or bitter or xenophobic, this speech says so much more about him than it does about anyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, for all intents and purposes, humanity is staring down the barrel of a gun at its doom. Yeah. The biggest gun it's ever freaking seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. At the Reapers. Right. And it's like, you know, the ending of all we've ever known and all everyone else has ever known right. in the galaxy right. is facing us. And this dude has some brass fucking balls <laughs> yeah. and he's like, we're going to take the fight to the Reapers. We're not going to give them any quarter. We're not going to give them any quarter. Not right. that they would give us any quarter. Right. We're not going to give them any quarter. Right. We're going on the offensive here. Right. Yeah. And we're going to knock their fucking lights out. Basically <laughs> that's what Hackett says. Yeah. Uh, so the rally, the troop speeches is, is really awesome. Um, and it was an amazing moment for Hackett to take center stage in this, uh, in this game series. Um, Hackett's been given a lot of power over the course of his career. 
but I think it's evident he never set out to gain power. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly who you want in charge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I feel like we're wrapping this episode up. I would love some of you guys to let us know about your uh, what they think about this dad hackett theory. So, you know, let us know on the discord, chime in, tell us your thoughts. But you also said something about um, addressing a romance with Hackett. <laughs> so is, are we doing something about that, too? Yeah, yeah, I did say that. Um, and it's something that just came to my attention recently. But that's like it's like its whole own topic of discussion that maybe mm-hmm. we should save for the next episode this week. All right. So you heard it. You heard it here. Second episode this week is romancing Hackett question mark. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. If you are in the live stream, we'll be doing that directly after this because we, we do both episodes together. If you are listening on audio, it'll be out later this week. So stay tuned for that. Um, Sam, this has been a fun episode. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to like this idea. There's not a there's not a ton of proof, but there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, we'll say. Yeah, there's enough that if you want it to be true for your headcanon, I think you can make it true. Yeah. Yeah. Dad kit. Switch in bed. That's I got to reference this as well. That came from <laughs> Admiral Dad kit. Yeah. Admiral Dad kit. All right, dude. What do you have go, going on that you want to share before we head out? Um, well, it's really exciting about my streams. I always mention them, but really exciting. I just upgraded the quality of the streams a lot. So I installed a new series of themes. It's all very space related. I saw your end screen too. It looks beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And the music, uh, is custom made, uh, for my stream, the music, the music, we mentioned him earlier, pipe man, uh, uh, our shepherd tier patron. And he's been one for quite some time now. I think he's probably about to get his, um, final shirt of the series. Is that coming Uh, already? I think it is. I mean, I, I, think... I know I have to get the new designs up for next year's series of shirts by like September. Actually, no, which, you're right. I think he's the getting third the third shirt in his shirt. Okay. So, because the fourth one will be this summer. Uh, anyway. Um, summer. Yeah. Anyway, Pipe Man is, you know, he was also on the music of Mass Fact episode mm-hmm. with us. And he, uh, he, I contacted him and I said, hey, can I pay you and commission some music for my stream? Yeah. Uh, and then we worked together and he was like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. And so he That's made great. a, um, you know, a starting soon, uh, song an ending song and, a, and the intermission song, they're all mass effect related. They're all mass effect themed and inspired. The first one is, is, is about like, you know, the shepherd, uh, scene when shepherd is being inducted into the specters. So mm-hmm. we took a lot of inspiration from that scene. And then he took a lot of inspiration for the leaving the, the ending soon song from leaving earth. Mm-hmm. that that iconic song from the beginning of mass effect three uh and then he took a lot of inspiration by my direction for the intermission song from the mass effect elevator music nice and the, yeah. nice so it's like this Perfect. awful bossa nova that yeah. he said was a total <laughs> bastardization <laughs> of all of his work <laughs> yeah yeah that's the girl from ipanema by the way 12 12 alliance soldiers died in the skillion verge today yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah the, the newscast during the elevators um but yeah th- those are all my, my stream has been completely revitalized and uh, I also bought some new sub badges today that are Mass Effect themed. So if you'd like to check those out, uh, come, my long way of me uh, plugging my stream, but come see 
my streams at in seven, the legend on Twitch and same handle on Twitter. Yeah. Go check it out. Go check out his stream. Um, you can follow me on my streams whenever I get a chance to stream, I'll, I'll stream some games and things just kind of at a random schedule. Sam is so much better at keeping to a regular schedule than I am, uh, other than the shows, which also show up on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. Um, I multi-stream across all of those. And uh, that's, I mean, I've got the rest of my shows going on. If you're looking for more podcasts that I do, I do a bunch of lore casts. Lord of the Rings is the newest one, but also Fallout and Elder Scrolls and the witcher and then there's lots of other shows over at robotsradio.net so if you're looking for new shows about video games and the kinds of things that people in our community really like we've got them for you head over to robotsradio.net check them all out but that's it for this week if you're in chat stay tuned don't go anywhere we're going to roll right into the next episode and if you are listening to this on a device and you're not live with us we'll be back in a few days with romancing hack it so stay tuned for that thanks for being here everybody stay safe and we'll see you next time later Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.